Welcome to episode 15 of the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. It is a pleasure to have you, the listener, downloading this podcast. The listeners of this podcast are predominantly from Australia and I thank all of the Australian listeners. And there are some consistent downloads from Spain and America and I appreciate the listeners from those countries. This episode's interviewee played senior football in the 1970s 1980s, 1990s and the 2000s. So he saw quite a lot of football in the local and state leagues. The man I interviewed was Lubcho Dafkovsky, but he is widely known as Sarge to most people in the Illawarra soccer community. His journey is not just about the players he played with and against, but as he described it in the interview, it was about the camaraderie amongst the people he met and played with at Wollongong United, Aris, Portside and Coniston. It was a delight to interview Sarge, as he held nothing back and was open in terms of his experiences, but additionally letting me interview him at his cafe. So my thanks and respect go out to Sarge. Please enjoy this interview. I must note, at the latter part of the interview, another person engages in the discussion that Sarge and myself were having. And this is one of Sarge's customers, Matt. So thank you to Matt for his contribution. Welcome everybody to the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. I'm here at Sopranos on the Moor with Lucho Dafkowski, more commonly known as Sarge. Yep. Sarge, welcome. Thank you. And thank you for having me in your uh, place of work. Um, very honoured to be here. If we start from the beginning, you were an EPT junior yep. in the early 70s. Yep. Um, probably five or six seasons there with the Warrawong-based yep. club. Yep. What do you remember of your days at EPT juniors? One of the best years of footballing. We were all kids, arrived like majority of us of our team were kids that had just arrived the previous year from overseas. They we were just mucking around, kicking around at King George at Port Kembla yep. until two or three boys that were born here said, would you like to play for a club? We didn't know what a club was. So they were about to uh, disband the EPT under 11s. We made up the numbers. So for the next two years... 11s and 12s, we went through undefeated yep. uh, to state champions. And after that, uh, there was some, leave that up to the officials, I don't know if they're still alive. There was one particular official whose son was one year too old to play for our team and the other one yep. was one year too young to play for our team. And maybe he was just jealous of the success that our team had. So there was a bit of a break, I think, for about half a year, but then EPT was reformed again. And even though um, I could probably guess, but do you want to tell the listener where you came from? And, and I'm from Macedonian origin. Uh, arrived in Australia 23rd of December 1971. So do you think um, uh, you were probably around nine or ten, I'm guessing? I was ten and a half. Do you think soccer helped you become part of being in the Illawarra in that sense or have a bit of a focus? 
Uh, it did in a way because, as you are aware, back then the steelworks employed over 24,000 people and the majority of them would have been from either Southern European or Eastern European origin. So it was a bit of a more of a social thing to get together and catch up with uh, even kids that from various different villages from overseas yep. and then uh, different nationalities, different backgrounds. So we were made up of kids, obviously, that were born here or... Some more of uh, Italian background, Macedonian background, uh, Serbian background. So it was a good mixture. Uh, Australian background, you know, and a pommy. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it was a good introduction to the Australian way of life, even though back then you had Paul Kembler uh, Rugby League Club, which was still in its a glory, powerhouse. powerhouse so, and I suppose a lot of them, People expected us to play for Paul Kembler Juniors, but that was our biggest rival, and that was the rivalry born from there. So EPT, both Italian back clubs, and Paul yep. Kembler, um, and I think even playing juniors, we'd get uh, probably three times the crowd that Premier League clubs get uh, at current time. And and from those junior days where you played a few years, and you said you. Um, went to state championships and whatnot. Do you remember some of the players, the coaches that you had in those junior yeah. years? Yeah, our first coach was, uh, his name was Bob, been out here in Australia for a long time. It was actually his son that was also part of the team, Peter Noveski, um, yeah. that asked us to go and play. And I remember getting to games because not many families had cars back then, but he had this old HK Kingswood um, light blue and, you know, there were no seatbelts back in those days, so the whole team used to fit in the HK Kingswood, getting to games, and then the parents would catch a train, catch a bus. Most difficult one would have been playing up at Helensburg, and that was always a tough game, or the other tough game was Ferramento Hostel. Yep. So, but, yeah, they're fond memories, and back then, rain, hail, or shine, you played. And I think that was part of the enjoyment as well, whereas these days, as soon as you get a... Uh, drop of rain uh, council grounds are off but maybe that's the way whole society is going in regards to insurance and all that back then you enjoyed it you wanted to get dirty (laughs) you know feel sorry for the mothers but that was the whole part and parcel of the game and and some of your um, fellow players in those junior days that you can can recall some of the names yeah Menda Czergovski Zlatko Trifunovski um uh, Blasi, Danny Bizamoski, Angela Caesar, uh, Steve Connor, uh, Peter Noveski, Jimmy Kalevsky, Peter Apostolovsky, Vince Tobia. Who else do we have? Pretty much said most of the most of the team. And so. Do you think, um, being a quite successful junior team, do you think it was just lucky that the group of boys were just very good together, or or was it a... We just gelled. I mean, we, we lived for football. That was it. Yep. You know, before school, after school, weekends. Always kicking the ball. Always right? kicking the ball. And you never put on the boots until you either went training or you played a game. Otherwise, it was barefooted. <laughs> um, you just enjoyed it. That was it. And it was at Darcy Wentworth that you... Darcy Wentworth was our home ground, yeah. And uh, blue shorts, white shirts still? Blue shorts, 
No. Blue shirts, white... Sh- yeah, sorry. Blue shirts, white shorts. Yes. Uh, yeah, and blue... The socks varied blue to white. Yep. Yeah, but that was EPT seniors, so... Yeah. And you came out of um, that EPT junior period and um, I guess the team being successful, you had some players like yourself that could play the game a little bit. Yeah. Um, what made your decision to go to Wollongong United? Because there would have been, I guess, a few clubs that you could have gone to, potentially. Yeah, potentially. Well, but how, did, how did that transpire? I think it was just the friends that stuck together. There was a core group. Yep. Um, and I think we got approached by the committee because uh, they obviously needed uh, under-18s back then. Yep. Um, I think I was 16 at the at the time. They said, make a team. Yeah, so yeah, yeah we, we've got a team, no problem. Because Wollongong United were playing yeah. back in the, the What was the it, top. the old second division, then they bypassed the first division first and went division. straight into Premier, Premier League. League. Yeah, so that was fun. Uh, Memorial Park used to be our home ground yep. at Coromel. <laughs> and was it um, uh, uh, what colour shirts were you playing in? Uh, okay, back then, yep. the home strip was the red socks, black shorts, red shirt. Yep. Away strip was all white with red uh, numbers. Nice. Yep. So what were your initial thoughts? Because you spent um, probably five, five, odd years, five odd years there in... The, the Premier League as it was and then you went to State League What do you we think? only stayed Premier League one year so what were your memories of Wollongong United and, and your time there well some fantastic memories um, starting off with the local Premier League uh, at Coromel um, the crowds were coming I mean you had families coming and then when we yeah. moved to Berkeley Sports and Social so when you're playing teams like Marconi, Sydney Olympics and George Budapest, which Frank Arrow coached at the time, then you had Sydney City, we had uh, Eddie Thompson, the former Australian coach, both former Australian coaches, you know. Yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, the crowds we used to get was unbelievable, but the pleasing aspect of it was that half the crowd were pe- uh, people our age that yep. wanted to come and watch. Uh, and it was a day out for them. And was that in that state league? Was it more of a Sunday game? Was it or Sunday? Uh, state league was predominantly Sunday games. Yep. Um, some of the away games, like Newcastle, Canberra. I remember going to Newcastle on a Friday night. That was an enjoyable, you know, after work going there, then two three hour track, and then to play and then come home. But otherwise, yeah, predominantly Sunday games. And. Yourself, um, you initially started in the 18s, but then did you move up the ranks pretty quickly? Uh, straight into first grade. Yep. Yeah. And, and what, um, I, well, in the 90s, when we'll get to that, I saw you mainly in the in the defensive region. Yeah. Um, were you always a defender, or did you play elsewhere in, in those early days? Uh, early days. Uh, well, when I, I needed a goalkeeper at EPT, so... Uh, the second year I was a goalkeeper. Yep. <laughs> and then Danny Bizomowski, the mate that wanted to play in goals because he couldn't play outfield, I said, oh, I want to go back to playing outfield. But uh, midfield, predominantly defence, but also midfield. Midfield as well? Yeah, midfield as well. And and those um, those years at Wollongong United, um, early 80s, uh, playing state league and playing first grade in front of those crowds, um, sort of 
some key games, even though you enjoyed it all. Do you have some games that still yeah. stick in the memory? Yeah, there's a there's a few. Possibly one was uh, against Sydney City when they had half or three quarters of the Australian squad playing yep. for them, like John Cosmina, Steve O'Connor. Um, you had Jerry Gomez, you had Joe Watson, unfortunately passed away. Uh, Murray Barnes, um, Ian Souness, who happened to be Graham Souness's cousin from Liverpool FC. Yep. Yeah, I mean, they were an unbelievable side. Um, then against St George, we had David Radcliffe uh, playing. Some of our local juniors that wanted to play up there, like David Skeen, Paul Kay. So, you know, you have a kick against them. And and then you had Melita Eagles, then Raul Blanco was coaching. You know, there's a, there's a few games, but I think the enjoyment was uh, getting off the pitch knowing that you gave it gave it your best and then the reward was whether it was in the club after you know people just coming back um, people that you've never seen before yep. they know you inside out that you, you know you wouldn't know them from a bar of soap so that was a pleasing aspect of it but you know a lot of games um, the old Ampol Cup uh, playing at St George Stadium against Melita I think they were runaway leaders or something and we were ten 0 up, and I think it finished up two all because our keeper, probably one of the best keepers I've ever played with, but under the lights and was short sighted, whatever. Yep. I'm pushing the defence out. Um, Gary Power was referee, and I saw him point him to the spot. I go, Gary, what are you doing? He goes, uh, It's a goal such. I turn around, and go, Pete, what happened? He goes, oh, I didn't see it. <laughs> yeah. You know, but otherwise, you know, one of the best goalkeepers I've ever played with. But those things happen. And and what about yourself from a soccer or football perspective? Were you pretty um, happy that you were, I guess, staying in first grade and playing relatively well to stay there in a good team and, and playing against the best the state can offer? Yeah. Um, put it this way. To me, it didn't matter who was coach. Yep. As long as you turn up, First and foremost, you're doing it for yourself. And even in coaching days, I've told my players, first and foremost, you're doing it for yourself, then you're doing it for your teammates, then you're doing it for the club. In that order. And you know yourself, if you're not ready, you shouldn't be out there. So you put in the extra yards of training, whether an extra session on your own or whether you go to the gym to tighten up a bit or you do an extra run to build up the stamina. You know... um, so I've got no regrets. Yep. Uh, that, that's the main thing, and I, I still enjoy the game, uh, whether I go to watch it or even have a kick around with the boys from the Pumas. Yep. You know, if you, at the end of the day, to me, it's a game. Whether you get paid a dollar, paid nothing, or get paid a million dollars, if you don't enjoy it, give it up. You know, so as long as you enjoy it, you just keep on doing it. And what about, um, uh, which I love about the Illawarra area, how it has uh, a lot of uh, clubs that are from different parts of the world and different communities. What about mm. the community aspect of Wollongong United? Because it was mm. you, you probably saw the early formation of the club, the transformation yeah. from the Illawarra League to State League. Yeah. So yeah. how did you find that aspect of the club? Well, we, in a way, it's sort of transcended into the State League because you still have the Sydney Olympics, you had the St George Budapest, you had yeah. Marconi. I mean, probably one of uh, 
best games that I enjoyed was playing against Walter Vieri, who, played for, who happened to be Christian Vieri's father when they brought him out from Torino oh, wow. on a muddy Bosley Park or Marconi Stadium, <laughs> you know. So, up here Leichhardt, you had predominantly Italian backing. So that sort of moved up and you had the Nationals, National League. So that sort of just carried over. And, I mean, you know yourself, there's a few Macedonian-backed clubs here and it all had to do with whichever region you came from in Macedonia. So, Wollongong United was predominantly from the Bitola region where you had Kringila, that was from the Ohrid region, you know, and so forth. And, yeah, that was a strange thing, you know. But, yeah, um, that makes it, made it interesting, yeah. And yourself, at the end of the... Um uh, 82 season um, you came back to the local league with yeah. Aris in the yeah. first division Yeah. Um, how did that happen? Uh, it was a break, I had an operation so I didn't want to put the body through the rigours of uh, training three four knots a week and then playing away again, yeah that's and why that happened so I thought it would be a bit, bit easier but train just as hard and <laughs> the effort just as hard and you've got different levels of Players and referees probably would have been better in hindsight to stay in the state league, but no, that was it. That's why that happened. And and how did you? I guess a lot of the Premier League clubs at the time would have taken you. So yeah, how, yeah. how did you choose Aris for that for that year? Uh, probably because of my wife, and I knew a few of the players in uh, the Aris team, and they were training actually local down at Port Pembroke, so that made it even easier. <laughs> so yeah, I just didn't want to travel much. That was it. And so you had a year there and, yeah. uh, in the first division and then um, go back to Wollongong United yeah. the next year. Yeah. Um, so obviously the body felt better and yeah. you wanted to resume playing in state league. Yeah. Um, how did you think you went that year? Yeah, it was good. Yep. It was great, yeah. Uh, the thing is, I don't know, I just followed a simple regime. Uh, once the season was over, I would do absolutely nothing for four weeks. Just but completely rest the body. Completely rest, but after that, I'd start doing runs on my own or just go to the gym until pre-season started. Maintain a bit of gym for the pre-season, then just do training. So uh, in those uh, sort of late 70s, 80s and 84, you're back with uh, Wollongong United. Yeah. Um, what about some of the players that you played with in, in those state league days? Um, yeah. recall? Oh, well, Harry Sutton was still mates, best of mates. Um, I think we were just a group that stayed together. You had big Kristalevsky, you know, at the back. He just used to look for me and say, if he played at the back, I played in midfield because he could have played anywhere else. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Slavtrichevsky, you also had Ronnie Sutton, Harry's brother. Uh, Rob Giraldi, yep. Paul Giraldi, Dave Jerza. Um, yeah, no, there was a number of players. Peter Terzioski in goals. And then after that was Jeff Robertson, you know, and John Bingham, player coach. And even Barney King came for a couple of years. Andy Campbell, uh, you know, Martin Eind. Yeah, there were a lot of, lot of players you can just go through. But they sort of never stayed around for long after the State League. Yeah. Um, like Chris, yeah, and Andy and Slav but the others, you know, that we sort of moved up from Premier League to to go to State League, there weren't many that just carried on 
and and yourself um it seems like you know when you when you list through those names there's a smile on your face so even though you're training um three days a week playing up in sydney every second week as well it seemed like there was a real camaraderie there and a good friendship group like you said so that must be important as well yeah you backed each other up that that was it you just backed each other up you g'd each other um so you know yeah it was a good group and I think even when John Bingham then we had Mike Johnson for coach I think he's passed away Uh, ex-professional from England you know played for Sunderland in the old first division uh, came out for Adelaide I think in St George then at Sutherland you know, he was a fitness fanatic. Um, in terms of skills, I think uh, 90% of the players that were part of that squad would have uh, outstripped him for skills, but he was just a fitness fanatic. So, And those years that he was there, we were just super fit. So we had the skills, and you put the fitness into it, and you could compete with anybody. And what about the uh, local derby at the time against Ferry Meadow? Ferry Meadow, What do you Italia. remember of... Yeah. The Ferry Meadow, Wollongong United derbies. Yeah, no, they were good value. I think Ferry Meadow couldn't wait to play us because they knew they'd get a big crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Even, you know, Sydney, I've never seen so many people from Sydney come down to watch the games, you know. But we were good mates and, you know, Maurizio Montecchi that uh, left Wollongong United to go to Ferry Meadow, Italia, you know, we're still best mates. So, you know, on the park, no one gives an inch Yep. quarter so you, you just play the game until the final whistle but after that everybody was good mates you know um, I think Walter Shishkin was the one that used to get the most excited about it <laughs> you know been with uh, Ferry Meadow for so long and then you know there was like we had Harry Satin and uh, Ronnie Satin that played for Ferry Meadow uh, so yeah no nah, it was good it was just all good fun I think going back Today, that era when you had the fraternity which was the mecca of football it was great like we'd come back from Sydney and we'd get dropped off there so you catch up with all the boys that had just played down here played yeah, locally yeah played locally had you go this or that but we'd be sitting on the same table with uh, Ferry Meadow players because we were late we wanted dinner and if the kitchen whatever they had left yeah we'll have that yeah that was it you know, and there were some characters in the Fair Meadow side, Richard Piertek, you know, and Red Shilby and all the others. And then John Flem coached them. In 85, <laughs> 85. yeah. 85, yeah. So, you know, it was, it was okay. And then you had Long City, uh, the Wolves. Yep. Take a pick. Old uh, showground. It wasn't uh, Wind Stadium. <laughs> yeah, no, there was a bit of stick there I mean played against best mates of Zifrisovsky I didn't even know that he, he was behind me I just turned around accidentally got him and <laughs> picked him up I said why didn't you tell me it was you he goes I didn't know you were going to jump <laughs> you know but yeah after the game everybody got on well everybody were basically mates and and sort of um Again, like you did um, after the 82 season, after the 84 season, you, you were on loan from Wollongong United and had another year at Aris this time in... Um, yeah. um, what brought that about? Marriage. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, basically that was it. Yep. Um, you know, you just want to have a year off. Yep. Because, like uh, we've said 
before here, it was a pretty um, onerous task being in state league yeah. because you're travelling every second yeah. week. It was three days training, yeah. playing, so four yeah. days of your week and you're yeah. working and you've got family. Yeah. So, so that, that was it. That was the reason for that. Yep. Um, yeah, I got together with the wife, so I just have a winter off, so to speak, of travelling up and down to Sydney, playing and training three nights a week. And that lasted a, a year, and then you had another two and yeah. a half years with Wollongong United? Back to, back to Wollongong United, yep. And so uh, coming into that late 80s, um, you know, you were, had a lot of experience of State yeah. League. Did you feel that that was the peak of you as a footballer in terms of... Um, yeah, possibly, uh, because you're, you're a bit old, but still crazy enough. Yep. Um, like nothing phases you. So, yeah, nothing phases you, say, from mid-20s to late-20s. You just go for it, yep. and that's it, and you make the most of it um, with the experience behind you. And by then, you know the players from the other clubs. You know how they're going to play. You know the clubs, what structure they're going to play. Yep. You know, so you've got a bit of background to it and you adjust your game accordingly. Because you had probably at that point, you know, eight or nine years of state league experience. pretty much. Can you remember some of the sort of player versus player rivalries that you had against some players that you might have competed against a few times? Oh, I don't know. Sort of, I think... The Botanical Brothers from North, um, because their father was an old, I think, Serie A player that came out for EPT in the 60s. So he was coaching them, and so the both brothers played. You know, when you got seven brothers on the same team, you know, they tend to support each other a bit more than that. So you had that, and... uh, I don't know, Sergio Malta was brought out by Melita, and he was... Superstar, you always give your opponent the first two touches, but after that, you think, <laughs> Hang on a minute, you know, you just go for it, and then you get the free kicks. They're chopping you down instead of you chopping them down. Um, the, when Les Scheinfeld was coaching Blacktown City, he basically had uh, three quarters of the Australian under 23 sides, and you know, you had Ralph Meyer there, but you had the captain, he was actually Taz Widget, Kurt Reynolds, yep. uh, played at the back for Blacktown City. Uh, wasn't a tall kid, but I've never seen anybody jump so high in the air. Um, so they sort of stand out. You had Bobby Noamore from Newcastle, who was in Blacktown City. Um, then you had the old, you know, Rockdale Wollongong United rivalry, and I yep. know Billy Pilowski, who's known each other for many years, played against each other, played for, say, uh, charity games together, that was the only time. You know, we'd meet up and go out together, but you know, they had, um, back then they had, they bring out Vlada Todorovsky and uh, the guy that ended up going to Marconi becoming top goal scorer, Nastev, Nastevsky, yep. Zlatko Nastevsky. Most awkward looking player, runner, but God, he could hit the ball. And, you know, and I remember 10,000 at St. George Stadium and who was Richard Lorenz was referee, moved our wall back last minute, free kick for nothing, should have been ours, 1-0 down. Those sort of games stay in your mind. 
you know, and the players like Zlatanovsky made a name for himself. It was to me Vladimirovsky for a midfielder, and he was a midfielder from the six-yard box to the opponent's six-yard box. Complete. For a Maso to run that much, I thought this is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. And so at the end of, um, I guess, or midway through uh, the '88 season, um, yeah. you finished up at, in state league, um, and you went to Portside. Yep. Um, what happened in terms of going to Portside and leaving United? Oh, they were all my old mates from Wollongong United. It was basically the old Wollongong United playing there. His mates got together. They had a couple of years in social, yep. uh, in the amateur league, and then uh, they got asked to go in the, what was it, the second division or whatever, first division, yep. whatever it was back then. And we had our first child, and then there was another one on the way. So I said to him, look, I don't want to be away for that long. Yep. That was, that was basically it. And United were fine with that? Well, depending on the committee at the time, and I think <laughs> the boys got together and chipped in and paid my transfer. And um, a lot of people um, uh, that might not know soccer as well as, as we do uh, might not know about Portside. Uh, what were the colours? Where did they play? Red and yellow, King George Oval, Paul yep. Kembler. Yeah. Um, and some, and- of the, some of the boys that you played with and were on the committee there, who were they? Oh, Slav played, Slav Trucheski, even Luby, Luby Makowski from yep. here, he from was Grilled, there. Yep. Yeah, from Grilled. Um, then he had Chris Matrevsky, Vaskin Namoski. So it was pretty much the old uh, Wollongong United boys, you know, they were playing down here when we first went up to State League. Um, then a few younger boys came into the side. Uh, Vasko Sekulovsky, well, Vasko Davkovsky, my cousin, uh, Jimmy Davkovsky, they were there. Um, yeah, uh, even Vasko Sekulovsky coached them and played in the Social League. He was the old coach <laughs> uh, that started off with Wollongong United when they first formed. So you really enjoyed those that year and a half that you had oh, there? Oh, it was great. Yeah, it was just all mates and family. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was fantastic. And um, I think uh, there was some relative success there at Portside. Yeah, yeah. Billy Neskowski that passed away, unfortunately. Yeah, he played. He played. He was a bit younger than me. He came to Wollongong United one two years. Very skillful, very talented. And then when he was remission, in remission he was at Portside, so it was good to play together again. Well, as it turned out for the last time, really, yeah. you know. So, and and that um, you played '88 there and '89, and then um, in in '90 uh, went to Coniston, Macedonia. So um, you made the move there, but did you think in your own mind, in terms of family, work, and you're getting a bit older, I guess? Did you think, well, my state league days are definitely done, or did you still think to yourself, maybe? No, it was mainly uh, work and family. Yep. Because um, you were working in Sydney at the yeah, time. Yeah, I was working in Sydney. So I was travelling, uh, yeah, on the train, um, up and down. And that's why I probably enjoyed uh, training because it was uh, a relief. You think of nothing else but, you know, go train for two hours, 90 minutes, whatever. Yep. Shower and go home. Uh, it, it actually used to relax me. And break up the week yeah, as well. Break up the week, yeah. But it was mainly because of, um, 
family and my son was born in 89. Uh, so it was a bit hectic, you know, and too much to expect of the wife. Yeah. And I had to put up with me being away pretty much four days a week. But that was it. That was mainly it. And then um, how did uh, you get to Coniston, Macedonia then? Uh, the president at the time, Vasco Vasilevsky. Yeah. Um, he used to follow me along United everywhere. Knew that you were playing at Portside? Yeah, yeah. Well, we played them, I think we beat them and whatever. He says, no, you come and... And then Portside was folding. Yep. You know, because it was mainly players' committee. Yep. You know, they were running out and barbecue and whatever. So that was folding and I thought, I wasn't going to play at Cringilla. Yep. You know. Uh, so they said, look, we really need, need some help. And I said, yeah, okay. And it started from there. And then um, one or two years later, Harry Satin came across, Dean Gardner... Uh, Rady Stefanowski, Paul Giraldi, Graham Fletcher. Uh, we had an unbelievable side. It was basically a state league side. Because um, I think from memory, um, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but 91 season is won the league um, or came up and then, then won, the, won Premier the Premier League. league you, you, were league you were league champions. So yeah, that's a remarkable effort. Yeah. Um, but I guess with the calibre of players that yeah. you're just talking about. Yeah. And, Harry, and it was a strong league back then. Yeah, it was a very strong league. Where you had um, Matty Horsley coming back from the Wolves for Balgani yep. because uh, Eka was coaching, Eric Thompson, my old friend that passed away. So, yeah, Matt Horsley was playing And West Victory was strong, Bulleye was strong. West was strong, Bulleye was strong. Uh, there was always the rivalry with Grinchilla. Yep. Um, so, you know, yeah, it was unbelievable. Like, the standard that they had back then in the Premier League was unbelievable. And even though you'd committed to your family and to your work, um, did that sort of re-energise you as a footballer to be playing with state league players again and, and playing a good it, brand of football? I think it was camaraderie. Yep. And uh, the most pleasing aspect was JJ Kelly, you see p- people turning up to watch us that you'd never seen them at a soccer match before. Yep. Uh, so it must have been the way we played. Yep. And yeah. and for the for people that weren't there at the time or didn't know, what was the style that, that Coniston played in those early 90s? Give nothing away, play entertaining football. Yep. But uh, it's simple. Um, try nothing in the last third, try a little bit in the middle third, you go for it in the last third. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we just sort of clicked. Like, Harry was playing cage, but he didn't have to say much. Yep. Yeah, and there was a couple of younger players blended in with us that he had known from being a teacher at Port High. Hi. Um, and they blended in. We knew them, and we knew them as ball boys, you know. <laughs> for Wollongong United, they were our ball boys, and, uh, and all of a sudden they're playing, and they they listen, you know. And then you had Toddy Evans, um, then David Sachi came across, you know, just built in with a few players. So, how would um, that early '90s Coniston team uh, roughly line up? From say, if you had to name the team from goalkeeper to striker, what would be the lineup that consistently played in those years? Uh, Steve Skoglevsky, uh, Tommy Jackson, 
myself and Tidy or David Such. Uh, he played in the first division before we came up, Radis Stankovic. Yep. James Petreski, Radis Stefanovski, Dean Gardner, Graham Fletcher, Harry Satin, Paul Giraldi. Um, yeah, no, that was an unbelievable side. Um, and, um, you know, people like uh, Radi and, 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 and Fletcher, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. what sort of players were they? Uh, Fletch, super fast. But I would, be, I would bet Steve Skoklevsky to beat him our goalkeeper in yeah. the spring. Radi Stefanovski, cheeky as ever. Um, but never shirked responsibility. Great to get along with, great mates, and you always back him up. You know, it'd be cheeky, you always pick on the biggest opponent. <laughs> you, you know. Uh, but I think that sort of helped his game. But uh, Graham Fletcher was just an honest worker. Yeah. You know, left footed, pace, bang, get him. Dean Gardner, nice skills, but he never stopped all day. Good in the air, Fletcher wasn't that, so they complimented each other, you know. And do you think um, with Harry, um, the player coach tag didn't really stop, stop him from being a good player? No, nah. no. Nah. He didn't have much to do yep. uh, as in terms of coaching. Uh, like, I think, in a way, we sort of all shared the responsibility. Yep. Uh, you know, we either all sink or we all swim. Yep. And I think that was the motto that we had, right? And we, we did. We, we played as a family unit. And, and what about, um, you know, JJ Kelly Park? It's a, it's a great place to play. And like you said, there was a lot of people coming. Yeah. Do you remember, was it more the Cringilla Conno derbies that were the bigger crowds? Or I think the biggest crowd that we probably had was against uh, Wollong Olympic. Yep. I remember I was invited to a friend's christening of the child, and that was at the White Hall. Yep. It was a lunchtime thing, and then I told Harry I'll be there for the game. And I think I had to park at the northern end of Church Street, so I might have as well have just walked <laughs> to JJ Kelly. Uh, but I had never seen such a big crowd. I'm talking about right around. Yep. Uh, I, I would say probably that would have been the biggest crowd that we've had. But yeah, oh, Quinjilla. Well, you play them at their ground, like the sta- the grandstand that you've got. It wasn't just the grandstand, it was the hill, it was the other side where the yep. benches are now, behind the goal. You thought it was grand final day, you know. Um, so even if you didn't know how to play, it would have made you play. One thing about JJ Kelly, it's a pity that the pitch wasn't as good as it is now. Yeah. Yeah. There was divots, there was <laughs> tough grass, yeah. But we still managed to play. And, and that year that you did win the league, um, it's just clearly it's, it's a great achievement in terms of the team unit and that's what everyone aims for. Um, for you guys coming up from the first division, even though you knew you had the cattle to, to do the job, um, was it extremely satisfying, you know, winning the league that year? Oh, very much so. And I don't think the committee even expected that. Yep. Uh, I think the main thing that probably got us through in tight games, we had belief. Yep. Like, we'd be one nil down, two nil down, we just played the same. And we'd end up winning 3 2, 4 3. Yep. But the main thing was not to concede. You know. But yeah, I think even the committee was surprised. 
and the young kids that you, you had in the team, um, it seems like to me that you know a few of you guys that had state league experience and were very good at what you did sort of opened up in a sense and really were mentors um, for yeah. those guys. So do you think that's... Um, lost on people sometimes that it's not always just the coaches role no, it's senior not. players as no. well like we, we'd go training and we'd push them yep right? and I'd say I said you should be 10 metres in front of me yep. you know yeah so those um, like you said at training and on game day yeah you really pushed the guys yeah that was, that was it that was the difference so yeah they uh, the senior players really helped Harry in terms yeah. of teaching teaching the young ones and, and yeah. pushing the squad in general yeah that was it I think we even had people told me about Sasha Dimoski I never knew you know this young kid you know juniors and Connor you know, who is he anyway he came one year I think that's when we were in the first division when we wanted to come back up and uh, I said to him I said listen if you're a good player you should be a good player at any league and you should be a good player whether it's a training muck around with your mates or playing in a comp- competitive yep. game and he left. Didn't want to do the hard yakka, then he did the hard yakka. So um, you spent the rest of your playing days in terms of organised soccer? Yeah, competitive uh, uh, was mainly, well, the Coniston, I think I finished when I was 36 when my father passed away. And then I think I stayed on, I coached the reserve grade, so I got, won the grand final, and I think, nah, that was when I was over 40. And I think I played. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I stayed on it. Kind of watch him or help him out. Yeah. And when Louis Teleski was there, he asked me to give him a hand. And I think that year we won the under 18s grand final, reserve grand, grand final, and missed out on making it into the first great grand final. And what year was that? 2004, 2005, yeah. somewhere around there. Yep. Yeah. And so in that in that period, you were just helping out wherever yeah, needed. Coaching, yeah, wherever. Yeah. So do you think um, you then ended up coaching them in first grade, mm. two thousand seven, two thousand eight? Um, did you want the job? Um, no. It was it just more being with the club, a love for the club, and then helping them out, or, or no, what, was the, what was the situation? I didn't want it. Um, Radis Stefanovsky and Kenny Selimovsky were the coaches. Yep. They didn't have a good start. And I was watching it at the time, and then the committee came up to me. And I said to them, I go, you ask the two coaches first. I see if they want me to, I'll take over. Yep. And that's how it happened. And that was 2007? Yeah. Yeah, because I'm still best mates with them. Yep. I said, no, I'm not going to take their job. I said, you go and talk to them first. Yep. And that's what happened. And uh, you did that for two years? Yeah. And it was more just help the club out, or yeah. did you like coaching in some respects? Yeah, 2007, that, eight? I think I did it for 2000, 2007, 2008. Yeah, we got to the, uh, what was it, uh, Bampton Cup final against Peter Beck's uh, Dan DeLue. Yep. That was in 2000. Nah, that was in 2005. Yeah. When I coached them, because 2005 we got it, or 2006, because I remember taking the kids overseas, and then 2007. But we had some young kids. Yep. Uh, 
because the established stars. When I took over, it was 2004 or five. Yeah. Right? 2006, I think the average age, if you took Yanni out, would have been about 17, 18. Yeah. And then the following year, the other clubs just signed up all the young players, offered them big bucks, and that was it. So the economics of... Yeah. of the game sort of yeah. went past Coniston in that respect? Yeah, otherwise... You can't compete. Yeah, our average age was about 17, 18. So um, you end up finishing your time there at Coniston. Mm. When you look back at that period of Coniston as a player and as, you know, you did a lot of things there, uh, you're still extremely proud of what you achieved there? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, yeah. Um, my thing was to help them survive, then win the first division, then win the Premier League straight up, uh, going through undefeated. Yep. Um, and then obviously grand finals and what's it called now? Fraternity Cup. Yep. Yeah, we won that. And uh, yeah, no, it was very pleasing. Um, but I think it was also the camaraderie that was there. Because that's a, a big thing that, you know, speaking to you for the last 40 to 45 minutes here that I get from you is that, you know, you took took the game seriously. Yeah. You looked after yourself. Your attitude was second to none, but what you really enjoyed as well was the friendships, the camaraderie with the playing, the people and opponents as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I even told, said it to him. At the end of the day, it's a game. If you don't enjoy it, you get out. No, seriously. And that's that's great advice. So, sort of really, apart from, you know, take, not taking away EPT, but the junior days, but when you look at your senior career, you were, I guess, apart from Arison and Portside as well, you were pretty much a Wollongong United player in yeah. State League and then Coniston. Coniston, yeah. Um, both equally challenging in different ways, but... Yeah. But was it more that state, those state league days where you sort of enjoyed it the most because you were challenged week in, week out by some quality individuals? No, because I think the Premier League back then, down here, the local league, would have been just as competitive as the state league. Yep. Just as competitive. Uh, easily just as competitive because if you remember back then, each club was allowed three national league, league players. players to come in and they don't bother anybody and so the standard of uh, football in the Premier League was it a good benchmark was a good benchmark and to the State League the difference was the fitness because the extra night of training the extra night of training you know different attitude depending upon which club you were with and when you're talking about your Coniston days more so in Premier League uh, who were your sort of opponents that you respected the most on the field? Oh, I respected them all, to yep. be to be honest. I, even if a kid that I didn't know. Yep. Um, but back then, you had some players. You had Darren Neasy. You had uh, even little Ricky Peel from Balgani. Yep. Uh, always kneel on your heels. or Yeah, that's how it was. You respected everybody. Um, didn't matter who it was. You pay them the same respect, otherwise you're always going to end up on the back foot. 
And um, is there, um, apart from the friendships that you've got out of the game, and many, you know, still come in here and, and many you still see, is there, is there something else that sort of um, you look back on fondly, apart from those friendships? Yeah, I think the game against Varda when they won the old Yugoslav first division. Like and so tell playing, us a bit about that. Playing against Panchev and uh, Kanatlarovsky, Savetsky, Ringov. Uh, you know, unbelievable players. Panchev ends up uh, going to from to Red Star, winning the European Cup, winning the World Cup Championships, then to Inter. Like, and what year was this that you played them? 2000 and... No, what am I talking about? 1980. So when you were with Wollongong United? Wollongong United. We played at uh, Berkeley Sports Sensational. I think there was about eight or 10,000 people there. Bunch of I've never seen anybody. Five metres. Lightning would have caught him. Unbelievable. Like, you got the skills and... Yeah, you can get away. The next thing is, boom. Yeah, that was just unbelievable. Because Dean Gardner spoke about that as well. Yeah, And, and spoke so highly of it. Yeah. Oh, punch it. But uh, it was funny. Like, we had George Todorovsky playing with us then. There was an ex-Barton player. Yep. They came for Preston. And then, yeah, it was 1986 because I came back from the honeymoon. And yeah, who's he? I said, oh, George Todorovsky. Oh, yeah. We became good friends after. But... All the Vardar players showed him the respect. They all shook his hand and gave him a hug. These are the players that were playing for the Yugoslav national side. They yep. just won the first division. And George obviously had retired from Vardar, coming out to Preston and then Wollongong United. They all showed him the respect. Even their coach, Dacevsky. And, and to put it in perspective, the Vardar team were playing in the European Cup and, and had all... You know, oh, the names that you've just mentioned are top-class European top players. Top-class, but just the fitness, uh, the speed and the fitness level of these players was amazing. I mean, true athletes, unbelievable. Um, like, you, you think you get away. Actually, Johnny Frew was our coach that year, and I played midfield. I thought I got away, and next thing is, bang. <laughs> like, so how did that um, Varda game come about, do you think? Uh, they were coming out for a tour after the end of the season in old Yugoslavia. Yep. I think they played us, Marconi, and I think one game in Melbourne. Yep. I can't remember who against. Yeah. But it was their full squad. It was their full squad, and I remember having a function after that at the Sun Lounge, whatever it's yep. called now, the Macedonian Church. But yeah, that was fantastic. You had Stanojevic that played a right fullback. Um, goes back and ends up in the Yugoslav World Cup squad. So, you know, that's the calibre of the players. So we're, we're not, um, uh, by any shape or form, it, it was their best squad that came out. It was the best out, squad that came out. And these guys yeah. were still at the yeah. top level uh, they, of they the European football. They just finished the season, yeah. So that was super fit and we were starting our season. Yeah. I remember Johnny Free was coach. You had Dale, you had Decker there as his assistants. You know, and it was... Great occasion for them as well. And what about yourself? Was like you said, it was a highlight, and, and the smile on your face uh, must have been a proud moment to to play against footballers like that. No, oh, it was, but you don't get overawed by it. I yep, couldn't really 
give a toss, yep. you know, whether he scored 100 goals or whatever. You're still going to do your You're job? You're still going to do your job and that was it. Yeah, you just go out there to enjoy it. You know? Yeah, no, it was fantastic. And um, in terms of um, uh, your family, do you still go and watch them play? Or Yeah, um, when they were playing, like... Uh, my eldest daughter, she was the captain, uh, played for the Wolves Juniors. My yep. son, likewise, I think he only stopped this year. Yep. My youngest one, she cost me money every time the season came around, so I'd pay her because the Matildas, would, uh, what do you call them, the Stingrays would yep. send them a letter. She found it once, she found it the second time, so we went up because I couldn't travel yep. to take her. Uh, so she cost me money not to play there, just play local. But yeah, I, I love watching kids play, especially. You know, and you can see some that have got the skill, got got the talent, got the go. Yeah. Apart apart from the um, time aspect that you've put into the game in terms of being a player or a coach or helping out committees and whatnot, um, do you still miss that sort of camaraderie now? Yeah, you do. You do. Uh, that aspect of your life is gone, and you think it's never come on back. But you do. You, you do miss it. Whoever tells you otherwise, that's crap. So, um, you know, you came to this country when you're ten and a half. Um, did you ever think um, that you'd have such an impact on the local game, you know, um, and playing state league, play against Varda, you know, um, being involved in these clubs that, that gave a lot back to their communities? No. Who would have thought that, you know, countries made soccer boots for kids? You know, you were dreaming of one day owning a pair of boots, you know, <laughs> when you got older, adulthood, not at kids' level. So, yeah, that was that was a bonus. You know, just to have a pair of boots at a young age. Um, hey, mate, yeah. No, seriously. Um, no, great. Like I said, no regrets. Let's say if I enjoyed every minute of it. And if, um, although you probably enjoyed all your coaches, is is there some uh, sort of some quotes or phrases that you can remember from some coaches that stick in the memory that you sort of took on board in your lifetime, in your uh, soccer journey? He wasn't my coach directly, but um, this person, he's in Perth actually, still alive at the moment. Mita, they used to call him the professor. Right. He was an uh, assistant coach or youth grade coach at uh, Wollongong United. And we were actually training at JJ Kelly on the outside grounds. And, you know, back then there were kids from Sydney coming down to trial out because we were playing in the state league there. And he says, Sarge, you got a minute. He goes, just wait, just wait. You know, we respected each other. I said, yeah. OK. He goes, look, there's... Uh, Three kids want to try out. This is, I'll tell you whether they're going to stay or not. Okay, I said, I'll show you. All they did was, first kid, all he said was, I'm going to throw the ball up in the air, you control it and pass it back to me. He did that. This kid is fighting with the ball, train ticket, back. <laughs> Second one, exactly the same. Third one, he says, ah, this one can be. We train over there. I'll never forget that. That's all he did. Just goes, threw the ball because up. Because I can't teach these, kid, these skills now. If they haven't got them at that at age, this, this age, 
you'll never have. Uh, it was a bit like watching uh, Cringilla's under-23s last Friday against <laughs> Tarawana. Yeah, so I'll never forget that. Um, um, other things is, yeah, John Bingham as coach. Yeah. I always remember, you go out, you've got a point. You defend that point. Score one goal, you get a bonus two points. That was it. That's how we played on the bigger. Yeah. And I think that year with Ferramata Italia, I think uh, we conceded the whole season was about 11 goals. Whole season. That one goal, you know? Yeah, 11 goals, whole season. That's a very Italian mentality. It is. No, I'm serious. Matt, you should know that. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's what you protect that. So with Wongong United that year, yeah. it was 11 goals. We conceded. That's it. The How many whole games is that? 20... 24? Wow. Yeah, whole season, 11 goals. We conceded. That's remarkable. Yeah, that, that was his mentality. Before the ball is kicked, you've got one point. You protect that point. One goal, you get the bonus too. And that's how we play. A simple but effective mindset. Yeah, that, that's how we play. That's what we came yeah. yeah. They don't score, they can't so, win. Yeah, absolutely. Johnny Fru, great bloke, you know, but I think he was a bit overawed with the club yeah. when he came because he had um, Buller before yeah. that and um, they actually got to the grand final. What year was that with, uh, with Olympic or Aris? You were 80, they lost 85. To, they lost to Aris, was it in 85? No, it was after that. that Johnny Frew was coaching Bulleye. They made the grand final against Olympic, or they were called Olympic then, or Aris, I don't know. Yep. And they won their game, so they had a weekend off before the grand final. So because he knew us, yeah, there was after. Me, Ziff, Alex Bondala, Rada Stefanovski, Peter Kotamanides, uh, David Green, Soft, uh, a few others. He goes, Sarge, a game. Sunday morning at Bulls Paddock. And I said to him, I go, free, don't do it. I go, don't do it. Because we might turn up and demolish him, demolish him, and then you're going to have a hard task of lifting the spirits up. No, 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 we'll be right turn up. So Saturday night we're all out. Belmondes was back then. <laughs> anyway, we turned up 9 o'clock or whatever, 9.30, 10 o'clock, Bulls Paddock, and they were putting on the sausage sizzle and the drinks after that. I don't think any of us needed drinks, but <laughs> okay, we go out there, and I think the score ended up being about... Eight or nine one, we beat Bulleye first grade, the full complement. Yeah. And Fruy came up to us after the game, he goes, I knew he were gonna put a good side together, but not that good. <laughs> you know, and he said that's when Wulong City was playing in the showground. He says, Wulong City should come and have a look at this one. Because Fruy spent a bit of time with the Wolves juniors. Yeah. Right? But I said to him, I said, Fruy done do it. And I think we even scored an own goal, so he can't be a zero, you know, one. But uh, eight, nine, one or something. Wow. That was Bulleye's first great grand finals squad starting lineup. 
against Wollongong United? No, just against us put together, mate. Just to make yeah, We just put a spot together, yeah. Just okay, to give we'll them give a game? It, give them a game. Right? Yeah. I said, don't do it. And he still remembers that. Any, um, once again, I'd like to publicly thank you. Um, you know, it's your place of work and you've been so... Uh, so accommodating to me, so I want to thank you. Um, any final thoughts on on uh, soccer in the region or any of your time in the game? I think they keep changing the rules too often. Yep. Leave them the way they are, and especially the offside rule. Go back to the old offside. If the player's not interfering with the game, he shouldn't be out there. Yep. To me, a player's in an offside position, he's offside, full stop. That's it. Do you prefer the old rule? Old rule. Not, not. Okay. It's a bit hard to say whether it's interfering or not. Exactly. Most of the time, can't you? Exactly. If you're a defender, your mind is on that player. I think you're probably yep. right. Okay? So, how is he not interfering with the game? That's right. He's interfering. Like Bob Paisley said, one of the greatest goals that I've seen disallowed, scored by Kevin Keegan for Southampton against Manchester United. Outside the box from a corner, on the body, top far corner. Offside. And they asked Bob Paisley, the ad key in Liverpool, before he went to Hamburg and came back for South Southampton. They asked, is it offside? Yes. But he's not interfering with the player. And this is what he actually said. Because if he's not interfering, then they don't need him. Play with one player less. <laughs> that's, that's, okay. yeah, that's that was, it's the best goal I've ever seen disallowed. And I agree with him. Right? So... I mean, they no, that's it. They did it to make it look more exciting. Yeah. But, no, but, but he hasn't. Yeah, well, after, no. after the goals. Yeah. yeah. You're probably right. But I'd like to thank you, Lupcho, or Sarge, as everyone knows you, and, yeah. and thank you very much for your time and, and greatly appreciate it. Honoured to speak You're to welcome, you. You're welcome, mate. Thank no you. Anytime. Once again, thank you for your support and please keep listening to these podcasts. And to put it in context in regards to Sarge's comments in the interview about Varda, please look at some of the players from that team on YouTube, such as Darko Panchev. It will give you an indication of the team Sarge played against in the 1980s. Finally, if you were wondering about the nickname Sarge, it was picked up in a school play. I'm your host, Travis. Goodbye for now.